0: All right, Justin, sing me a song that you would want Richard Cheese to do a cover of. And if you don't know who Richard Cheese is, he's the guy that does a lot of songs for Zack Snyder movies, but in general, he just does lounge version covers of other songs. So in like the orig- or in the remake of Dawn of the Dead, he did the uh, Down with the Sickness lounge cover. He also did like a medley of Elvis songs at the beginning of this movie. So. Sing me a song you would like to hear a lounge cover of.
1: Hmm. Probably we'll go with.
2: Man, I'm trying to think of something that's kind of faster, but would sound good slower and more relaxed.
1: we'll go with the the Spongebob, this is the song that never ends. Let him
2: lounge that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, is that your final answer,
0: Justin?
2: Yeah, Spongebob.
0: All right. Well, you don't get a point because you didn't sing it, so... Like basic rules 101 here, it's like not yeah. Putting it was your like t- oh, waiting I for forgot for the to song. do that. It's not. That's oh, why, I forgot to do that. That's why I waited and even asked if that was your final answer. It's very much just like Jeopardy. Has to be in the form of a question <laughs> to win this or to get a point. You have to sing it, so you don't get a Oops, point, Justin. I forgot to do that. My bad. Um, Heather, what about you?
3: Um. I'm going to go with, I fell into a burning ring of fire, and the flames went higher, the ring of fire.
0: I'm actually curious if he's done a version of that.
3: Yeah, like with the other songs he did, I was wondering when I said that, but if not, like I just think that that would be a really good one to hear, lounged like that.
0: I mean, he's done a ton of them, though. Like, a ton. Like, And it's really funny when he does, like, metal songs. Like, People Equal Shit. Or Freak on a Leash, or something like that. See, Justin, if you had gone with Metallica, you could have said Inner Sandman, and I could have been like, Justin, he's done that.
3: Man, now I really just want to go and hear all of the ones he's done.
1: Hmm. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah, he's great.
0: And for like $50,000, he'll do an event for you.
3: Oh, yeah, that's all?
0: Yeah. Hey, for like an actual professional musician, that's not bad. Yeah. But, yeah. So.
3: I will say I did enjoy, I did enjoy the covers in this. Not to spoil anything.
0: But. I didn't because they were Elvis. Well, his stuff was Elvis. And, you know, fuck Elvis.
3: Just in general, the music in this, though. Not even just that. Uh,
0: no, I could see that. I mean, I, I personally think that Zack Snyder does great musical choices in his movies. Yeah. That's like the only mm-hmm. redeeming thing about the movie Sucker Punch. It's got a fantastic <laughs> soundtrack.
3: I forgot he did that movie.
0: I mean, it's a shit fest of a fucking movie. A great soundtrack.
3: Don't tell Bola that. Do you remember her saying that, that she would love to watch that just with, like, no sound, though? <laughs> and that it would be a good movie if there was just no talking in it?
0: Yeah, if there are no talking, that's fine. <laughs> but you would still have the soundtrack. Like, I could very much see putting the movie on mute... And then playing the soundtrack while you watch the movie. Yeah, but yeah, I still can't believe you did that, Justin. <laughs> I mean, as this was a layup answer, this was the <laughs> this was right up there with me going, just sing a song,
2: and you just know, didn't man. sing a damn thing. I know. I just got so fixated on the answer (laughs) and then forgot to sing. (laughs) I even gave
0: you a chance to rectify your situation. But no. (laughs) So, yes. So, officially, Heather, you get a point.
3: Yay. Oh.
0: So, on that note, here's our theme song.
2: You. All right. Are you ready?
1: Come
0: on. Cinema Slayers. Hey, cinema fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And tonight, we will talk about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between with the Zack Snyder Netflix movie, Army of the Dead. I did that out of order. Oh, well. We will go non-spoilers, recommendations and scores, and then into a more spoiler centric section. And starting us off is the musical failure himself, Justin. Nope.
1: (laughs) Well,
2: hey, man, I still got a pretty solid record, though, overall. But uh, Literally so far ahead of me still. Yeah, it's a losing record, though. (laughs) I don't know. We'll have to get Cur to tally that again, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, no, but, but when it comes to Army of the Dead and the newest film directed by Mr. Snyder, I, I guess really when it comes to Zack Snyder, I guess I'm starting to just develop kind of a pattern in how I feel about a lot of his movies and just how overall I generally walk away whenever I watch one of his movies. And it, it always just feels like to me that, that I always just kind of have a, oh, either I don't like it or if I do like the movie, if I think it's good, I never think it's great. I always think that there's something that could have been better about it, or that it just left a little more to be desired. There are some that are more fun than others. There are some that are a little bit better executed than others. But overall, I always just kind of land on some good things, but nothing but not great when it comes to Zack Snyder. And ultimately, that's just kind of what I feel about this film. Like it it kind of plays like a lot of his other movies. Like when you look at Zack Snyder's movies, there are always these individual scenes that I feel like, Zack Snyder nails, like he absolutely nails, like there are specific scenes that I can go to every one of his movies and be like, man, he really nailed that scene. He really just won me. He really won that moment with that character. He, the way this was executed, it was so stylish and it was entertaining. And he really nailed that scene. And I just wish that one of these times I could say that about the entirety of his movie. Like it just, you know, I just, that's how I kind of feel about him. You know, there are parts in justice league, the, the Snyder cut where I thought he absolutely nailed the scenes with the characters and stuff like that. And then there are parts that just, Leave so much to be desired. Same thing with Batman versus Superman. Same thing with Watchmen. Like there are scenes, there are individual scenes that you can cherry pick and they are like fantastic, just top notch. I don't think he could have done it any better scenes, but then there's the rest of the movie. And then you just wish that stuff was developed and it's not. You're hoping that you get more insight onto details and you don't get them. And so then you just kind of walk away with a, with kind of like a shoulder shrug and a, eh, you know, I liked things about this, but it didn't all add up to what I would call a great movie. So that's how I feel about Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead mirrors everything I just said. There are scenes. And I will get into detail that I absolutely loved in this. There are some scenes that are a lot of fun in this the i don't think this is spoiling anything. The Viva Las Vegas opening to this movie is fantastic. like I really enjoyed the way that this movie started um how it sets up everything, how you get a glimpse of the characters, this, that, and the other. Like, there are certain scenes in this where I'm like, man, dude, he really nailed it. And you can feel the ambition coming from him. Um, Batista is great in this. Like, Batista showed me something in this. Like, and I won't like point to any specific scenes until we get to the spoilers, but, man i I realized that maybe I was wrong about Batista's acting ability or maybe his limitations or whatever the case may be, but I think that with this character and some of the scenes that he got to do, this is probably some of the best or at least the some of the the most some of the best acting he's done with a wide range of emotions. I think that I can say that about his role in this. Now he's not going to be winning any Oscars or anything, but I think this was a big step for him just as far as how he executed this, um, Scott Ward character on screen. So I have to give a hat off to him. Um, I, you know, and, and a lot of this is just zombie movie fun. It doesn't rewrite the book. It doesn't really have anything new to say. A lot of these ideas are recycled ideas. You've kind of seen them before in one way or another. Um, but there are a lot of fun scenes. There are a lot of entertainment, entertaining scenes. I do think that this is a watchable movie. Um, but overall it just doesn't add up to be one of those great zombie epic movies that we're used to. This is no dawn of the dead the, you know, this is not night of the living dead. It's not, it's not a shot of the dead. I don't know if it's going to ever be heralded as like one of the great zombie movies, you know, ultimately I think it'll just wind up being just part of a collection of those zombie movies that come out you know it might get a mention by a person that you talk to or two but i just don't know if there was enough memorable here to really separate it or make it like an upper echelon zombie flick but there's enough here that where i think people will um enjoy it despite its lengthy and i mean incredibly lengthy runtime which i think all things considered this probably could have been an hour and a half you could have accomplished the same thing. So yeah, that's where uh, I landed on this one. Oh, Justin.
0: Don't toy with my emotions by bringing up a nice crisp 90 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Heather, go.
3: I 100% agree that Dave Bautista is super great in this. I really liked him in this. This is the best I've seen him in anything. Um, I mean, I know he's kind of still newer-ish to the acting scene, but I I thought he was great. I thought he carried his, his role. I thought he carried himself as the lead in this really well. I think he... Um, I, I appreciated the approach he took in his acting performance. I think he was really good. I also agree that the opening scene or opening credits of this movie are fantastic. I think it's probably... Um, one of the best opening scenes I've seen in a very long time. Um, I really, it was super great. And then for me, that was me hoping that that would be the tone for the rest of the movie. But where I do disagree with Jastin, and it's possible I'm going to be on my own with this one, but I actually really liked this movie. I thought it was really fun. Um, it actually, for me, was up there as one of my favorite zombie movies that I've seen. Again, I haven't seen probably as many as some other people have, but I don't know why this movie just really worked for me. I thought it was fun. I thought it had, um, I don't know. And maybe, maybe I haven't seen enough zombie movies, but I actually thought it had a unique take, at least as far as um, the approach they took with the zombies, which we will get into all of that, but I, I think it did actually have a couple of things that, at least in my knowledge and my watching of zombie movies, I had not seen it before, really, at least not quite in this way. So I thought they did do a couple of things differently. Um, I liked the dynamics between the characters. I think um, some of the groupings they did, like the pairings of people that they did, um, like the guy who was like the safe cracker, and then the um the other guy that was kind of like trying to help walk him through everything. They were great together. They're dynamic. Um I'm I'm forgetting his name, but yeah, they were great. Um, you know, Dave Dave Bautista really with anybody that he interacted with, I thought was pretty good. Um it felt like a a a post-apocalyptic zombie movie to me. Um I I think that the underlying story was interesting enough for me to enjoy it. Um, I think that Zack Snyder's directing in this was really, really good. Again, I I think I did mention, yeah, before we started, like I think the music in this was awesome. I think it was fitting for what they were doing in specific parts of the movie. Um, It, of course, has a ton of problems. It's by no means a perfect movie. But... For whatever reason, I just really enjoyed this movie. It was a really fun movie for me. Um, so I, I slightly disagree because I, I clearly liked it more than Justin did, and probably more than Sterling. But I do think that the the things that Justin that you mentioned that were good were good. That that was the reasons I guess for me that I thought they were as fun. So, um, but yeah, overall for me, I I had fun with it. I liked it.
0: All right, guys, all the cine fans out there, you all can take a break for a little bit. I just want to talk to Zack Snyder personally. Zack, (laughs) buddy, we know you're listening. Pal, friend, bruv. Let's just, let's, let's have a conversation here real quick. Quit making such fucking long movies. Seriously, there's just no. I can't need for disagree. It. Justice League was four hours long; it didn't need to be four hours long. This movie
3: is two and a half
0: hours long. And like Justin said, oh buddy, if it was that sweet, sweet, crisp ninety minutes, I mean, don't get me wrong, Zach. I not I know you're not going to pull a Willy's Wonderland and do that perfect 87 minutes. We know you're not going to do that. (laughs) But what about 95? Just 95 minutes. And call it a day. Save everybody some money. Just let's try it. Let's cut it back a little. Let's just not do two and a half hours of zombie movie. Cause you know what? No one needs two and a half hours of zombie movie. Just ask the walking dead. Cause nobody's watched that shit since like season six. Cause it doesn't that you, you don't need to go that long with it. So let's just, let's rein it in. Let's do a Snyder cut of this movie. It's just 95 minutes long. Let's call that. Let's try that Zach. Let's just experiment. Let's get crazy here. All right, everybody else can come back now. It's fine. Um, Yeah, no, this movie's too fucking long, man. Just all kinds of too long. And I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I do agree with you guys about the opening sequence. In fact, it is up there with one of my top movie openers of all time, which oddly enough, one of the other ones of those is the opening to Wolverine Origins, which is a terrible fucking movie, but oh my God, the opening sequence of that movie is fucking spot on. Perfect. Agree. Yeah. And then this one was too. It told a story like the opening credits tell a story. And also had one of the coolest zombie deaths I've ever seen in a fucking movie happens in the opening sequence when they're using that 50 cal cannon and they just melt that zombie with it. Oh, that was cinematic perfection right there. That is everything you want in a zombie kill. Fucking fantastic. And then he follows that up with the rest of this movie. And it's just like you feel lied to because you get this A plus plus opening sequence. And you get a fucking D minus for the rest of the goddamn movie. And then it's a D minus for two and a half hours. And just fucking sucks. I will say this, Zack Snyder, as I've always felt one of the best casters in the business. I don't think there was a single miscast person in this movie. Even if you look at the original cast, when it was Chris D'Elia instead of T- Tig, once he found out there was real problems with Chris D'Elia, he got rid of him, added Tig Nataro, and she was fucking great. So even he even knows how to fix yeah. his cast after the movie's fucking shot. That's how good he is at casting. I mean, like you guys said, Dave Bautista's great in this movie. I think the great thing to me about this is I've seen Dave Bautista be a great side character. Where I haven't seen him excel yet is as a main character, as, like, the movie hinges on him. Because Stuber is not that good. That movie he did about being a CIA bodyguard for a small child bullshit wasn't very good. Anytime. He's yeah, I been, missed that one. Yeah. You did you remember any of one of the earliest like Rocks childhood like child movies? It's one of those with Dave yeah, Batista. Yeah, like
2: okay, like Tooth Fairy and all that. Yeah. yeah.
0: The game plan. It's that type of fucking movie with him. Okay. With Dave Batista instead of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. But this movie totally sold me on Dave Batista can fucking be the lead character of a movie. Mm-hmm. You can put a movie on his gigantically huge shoulders. They can take it. Yeah,
2: he just yeah. had. He, yeah. he just he hadn't picked great.
0: a movie to do that yet. This one works. And like you guys said, is he going to win an Oscar for this? No. But did he do some fucking acting? Hell yes. Yeah, all over the place. He did some jokes. He did some action shots. He did some emotions. He did sadness, anger. He did the whole gamut that you want an actor to do. And he did them great. At no point was I like, no, Dave Batista, you can't do that. Dave Batista did everything you want an actor to do.
3: And he didn't overact either. I appreciated that.
0: Oh, I'm always for some overacting, though. Overacting is one of my favorite (laughs) things in the world at this point. Um but like I I don't think there was a single miscasting in this movie. You know. And like and I will give Zack Snyder credit also, him and his his special effects team did an amazing job at erasing Christalia from this movie and putting in Tignataro.
3: Yeah. I only saw sure.
0: a handful of shots that you can tell that she was on a green screen and around no one else. Like the fact that this movie was filmed and then they went and just filmed her scenes in a green screen with minimal shit and made it work. They did
1: fucking great. Yep. But then that's all I can really say was great.
0: Like, There was, you know, there was some cool scenes here and there, you know. But that's about it. You get some good scenes. You don't get a good movie. And that's why I really think Zach should start stripping it down a little bit. Don't go two and a half hours. You can't fill two and a half hours properly. Get it down even to two hours. Shorten your movies and give us the plot points we need for just once. Just give us what we need. Like I get some aspects he does. I won't go into specifics, but he's very much about setting up a universe that may or may not ever come to light. There are things in this movie that if they do a sequel or a third movie might actually pay off but do you know where they don't fit this fucking movie? I can't give him credit for setting up a universe when he did it at the cost of this movie. Like Marvel's Iron Man sets up a universe, but you know what it doesn't do? Sacrifice Iron Man to do it. You can argue they kind of did that in Iron Man too, but they didn't do it at the start. Iron Man set up a universe without sacrificing its story. And this movie doesn't do that. This movie sets up a universe at every fucking cost to the movie and story it's telling. And with such little payoff. And that's what makes me sad. They had so many elements of this that would have been great but the payoff never happened for two and a half movie for two and a half hours. You should have nothing non paid off in your fucking movie. Cause then that means you're putting too much shit. You don't need if you're not paying it off. What's the fucking point of it all. But great A opening sequence. i seriously fucking love it. I've watched the opening to this movie like three or four times. It's great. I love it. I will never watch the rest of the movie again, though.
1: Recommendations and scores? Yep. Yep.
3: Recommendations and scores! All right, Heather, go. Yeah, I mean, for me, obviously, like I said, it's not by any means a perfect movie. There are definitely some areas where there could be improvement. It definitely was longer than it needed to be. But as far as I'm concerned, I was having fun with it. So it didn't really feel like it was as long as it was, at least for me. And again, it was a fun zombie movie. Um, I just... Just didn't really have as many problems with it as you guys did, even though I know it has a ton of problems. They didn't keep me from enjoying it as much as I did. <laughs> but I don't know. I just really liked it. Um, I think if you like zombie movies, I think give it a go. Um I do think that the opening sequence is a movie of its own. So if you wanna do the Sterling rule, just watch that and you get a solid, you know, zombie movie just out of that, (laughs) but I think, I think it is, um, really well shot. I think it's very well casted. I actually liked the underlying story or the plot of the, the movie, um, and what it was about. Um, yeah, it was just solid. I mean, it wasn't great, but it was fun for me. Um, I'm not a super zombie movie person as it is. So, whatever they did with this one, it just worked for me. So I'm going to give this, um, honestly, I'm going to give it like a 75 uh, chopping off the queen's head out of a hundred.
2: Justin, what about you? Yes. And um, and I don't want it to be misconstrued what I said. Um, y- you know, there are movies that are great. And then there are movies that are decent, you know, just not they may not be great movies, but they're watchable they're they're passable. It may not make a top list kind of like this, what I was talking about, but that still doesn't mean that there aren't story elements or there aren't um fun things about the movie that people can enjoy and like i said this is a, this is definitely a watchable movie i didn't I hope I didn't What I said wasn't interpreted as, I thought that this was terrible, or I thought that this was unwatchable, or I thought that this was bad. No, this is a perfectly passable, watchable movie that does have some fun scenes. Like I said, there are scenes in here where Zack Snyder absolutely nails it. But ultimately, I do think that the narrative issues that it has, the lack of development with certain things, and just... um, um, I guess you could say just, um, a, a lack of elements to where it's really like saying something. New. It doesn't really say anything new that we haven't seen said in like these zombie life movies. Now that doesn't mean it doesn't have some innovations or that the concept that was going for wasn't Uh, didn't have a different feeling to it. Those things, some of those things are there with this story, but ultimately it it doesn't really, you you know, it, it doesn't really say anything beyond what we've seen from these movies. It's just kind of passable you know, zombie movie, bloody gory zombie movie fun. And that's pretty much what it is. But I just don't know if that is enough for it to be memorable other than the opening scene, which we all seem to agree is great, you know? So the things that are memorable about it, I feel, maybe that's the best way to put it. The things that are memorable about it, Are not necessarily the thing, or may or may not be the things that people mainly remember about zombie movies. The things that make these zombie movies memorable, like the things memorable about this, are not the same things memorable about Train to Busan or Shaun of the Dead or any of those kind of like top tier zombie movies. You know, it's a this is a little bit different, but as far as a recommendation, um. I still would recommend it. You know, I think that it's fun enough. There are enough scenes. It's a, it's, a, It's got the blood and gore if you like that in your zombie movies. And if you're just looking for simple zombie movie fun, this definitely delivers on that. And you don't have to be a great movie to still be a decent one. And that's where I fell with this. I think this is decent. You know, this is not the worst of Zack Snyder's movies. He has done far worse. And, you know, this does have some good performances. I think what you guys said is true. The casting is very good in this. And despite me not feeling like I knew enough about the characters, everybody's acting did make this watchable, you know, whether I cared about the character or not. the character was watchable on screen. So I will give this film back. Um, We'll go with 65 hibernating zombies that you can sneak up on out of a
1: hundred. You know, I kind of feel like I'm in the same camp as Justin. I, I want everybody to, you know, make sure
0: that we're all on the same page with this, that I did think it was a not good movie. I want to make sure that that was clear that that point came across
3: no one doubted that
0: (laughs) I just want I don't want anybody to be confused by it I mean I it's funny I kind of disagree with you guys in a lot of that stuff because to me the biggest flaw of this movie is it didn't do what a good zombie movie today has to do and that's you have to bring something new almost every time you know when they did the remake of Dawn of the Dead, which was also Zack Snyder, which to me was almost the last time Zack Snyder did a complete movie that I don't hate. Like, I think that that was the most complete movie he's done. He brought in fast zombies then. And then you take something like Shaun of the Dead. And it brought that zombie parody whilst also being an authentic zombie movie. It did a great job at bridging Humor and and zombies into one movie. Uh, I'm really glad you brought it up, Justin, the movie uh, Train to Busan. I think that that brought like a fresh take to zombies by like isolating it to a train and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it added, like it, it gave you a, a, a different sense of urgency with how it was going on. I mean, even something like, what's another new zombie movie? Even Zombieland, with the way it brought humor in a different way than uh, Shaun of the Dead did. Because Shaun of the Dead was very much making fun of zombie movies, whilst also giving you one of the best just pure zombie movies out there. Whereas Zombieland just added a different kind of humor to it. And that worked in a very good way. My problem with this movie is it doesn't really do anything other than just become a fucking zombie film. And it's right up there with, Oh, what was that other movie that Romero did? Oh, where the zombies start like, learn how to talk to each other. It's got John Leguizamo in it. Why the fuck can I remember the name of that movie?
2: Oh my gosh, but yes, I saw it. Land of the Dead. Oh man. Land of the Dead. Land of the Dead,
0: yeah. Land of the Dead did not work. Uh, Diary of the Dead, I thought, did, which was that first person uh, found footage video camera one that Romero did. I thought that was really good. But that was also very much like around the time as like the first paranormal activity in Cloverfield. So it was doing that handheld camera point of view of a zombie film. And that had one of my favorite zombie kills ever. There's this Amish man that's deaf named Samuel. And these zombies grab him from behind. And he's like getting bit. And he takes a fucking scythe to his own head to stab the zombie behind him. But also killing himself so he doesn't become a zombie. One of the fucking greatest zombie kills I've ever seen.
3: That sounds cool.
0: I think the best zombie kill in this movie, like I said, is in the opening sequence. Outside of that, it just becomes a very standard zombie film when it had all the potential in the world to not be that. I don't think they utilized Las Vegas properly, and I'll get into that more later. I think while they called it Las Vegas, it could have ultimately been any post-apocalyptic town ever. And... So there's, like, lots of things. I just don't feel like it lived up to its potential. And also, it's two and a half hours fucking long. Fuck this movie. I probably would have given it a 60 if it wasn't two and a half hours long. But it is. So I'm going to give it a 45. It's a 45 naked zombie showgirls in the opening sequence out of a hundred.
1: Spoilers? Yep. Yo. Spoilers.
0: So one of my big problems with this movie is you know how whenever they first go into Vegas and they see all the shambler zombies that are all dehydrated like husks and they're like yeah, they're like that until it rains, and then they rehydrate. And then it's like all like kinds of fucking craziness. And they said all that. And then we didn't get a fucking rainstorm in this goddamn movie.
1: How That's dare true. They?
0: How fucking dare they? Like, how do you set that up? Even if you wanted to just do it to where whenever they're flying in the helicopter at the end over Vegas fighting that alpha and it starts to rain and you just show sequences like down on the ground of just millions of zombies. How do they not fucking show us that after saying it? That is just downright disrespectful to your audience.
3: That's very true. Yeah,
0: that pissed me off hardcore. When they said that, I was like, oh, we're going to see some shit. Sign me up. And then it just never fucking happened. I was insulted. Like, I felt like Zack Snyder went out of his way to just waste my fucking time with this movie when we didn't get that. Like, I felt he personally wrote my name in the script and said, this is the scene that will ultimately piss Sterling
1: off. Ha ha. And that just hurts my feelings.
0: I mean, what did I do to you, Zach? I just not like most of your movies. I mean, get over it. <laughs> uh. Also, like I said, they don't really, I feel like you utilize Las Vegas properly in this movie. And I felt they did so in a very cheap way by going, Oh, we're not going to walk on the strip. We have to go through buildings now. Fuck you. Just straight up. Fuck you. How do you do that? Like you take one of the most iconic things about Vegas and you just go, no, nah, no, we're just going to put you in some dark ass hallways and just call it Las Vegas.
1: That's fucking insulting. Also.
2: <laughs> yeah, I get your point with that because you could have gone to all these different locations and kind of really had some interesting fighting happening at familiar locations, you know, that we recognize from Vegas. And then you kind of didn't do that. So, because like you said, we had to be in buildings. So yeah, I guess I see what you're saying. I guess I didn't think of it at the time, but yeah, I can see now that that was a way to probably keep them from having to do that. And probably saved a lot of money doing that. But yeah, it did sort of take away from the venue that was Las Vegas. So I get what you're saying. I mean, we got what?
0: Four minutes of in-casino zombie battle in the movie? That means it was about four minutes of Vegas zombie-themed. Outside of the opening sequence the opening sequence is infinitely more fucking Las Vegas than the rest of the fucking movie. You know, when they're like, oh, the Olympus Hotel is where the Alpha does all his stuff. Man, you see some dirty-ass hallways in the hotel and a dirty-ass pool. That's it. But, like, you only get one sequence of casino battles. And that's about as much Vegas as you get. That's just, what's the fucking point of having you be Las Vegas then? You know? I mean, like I said, the opening intro has more Vegas-themed shit. Like, dude, I wanted them to turn around the corner once, even like if they were shamblers or something, and just show like 500 zombified Elvises. Something. They showed like one or two here and there, but like, no, just show me 500 of them just standing there. Because that's what Vegas would be. So I just felt like it was a waste of a fucking venue with that. And then, like I said, you don't really get any iconic zombie kills. I mean, you see that one guy use that fucking saw at the beginning of the movie, in the intro. Then you don't get any cool zombie kills with it through the rest of the fucking movie. I mean, he goes out of his way to get that weapon and then doesn't even really use it. You get, they, they, they get that one guy that's like that zombie, that YouTube zombie trick shot artist that's doing all these trick shots on like zombie YouTube. And then guess what he doesn't do the whole movie? A single fucking zombie trick shot.
2: That's true.
0: So why'd they need him? All he did was improperly hold his gun the whole movie and somehow still got nonstop headshots. I guess you can call that a trick shot. But that's about it. He did nothing else. Why did they have the most badass zombie killer apparently in their entire fucking crew was the first one also taken out? Because she killed no less than 9,000 zombies by herself. Yep. And then she's just... Yeah. She was tight. And they could have saved her. They literally stood there. I know. While she was by herself, not even swarmed yet. They stood there and just went, Oh no, you can't save her. It's too late. The zombies were like 10 feet away from her at that point. Mr. Trickshot could have fucking killed 20 of them right then. And she could have just lightly jogged back over to the rest of the team and said, hey, this guy's a piece of shit and almost got me killed. I know it doesn't serve the plot that they wanted to tell. Then just have her get swarmed in before that they could have saved her. Don't even show that. You know
2: what I mean? Because that was yeah, dumb. They could have saved her. Because, yeah, when she fell through that window, there was quite a, the way that they shot it, It just looked like there was so much distance between her and them. And then when they showed where the rest of the crew was, I was like, they were right there. Why didn't they try to help? Why didn't they shoot some of the zombies that were behind her? I mean, if they had reacted the moment she like burst through that wall or that window, that wall or whatever it was. I think they could have saved her, too. I was sitting there saying the same thing. Man, they could have saved her. They just let her die. And, and yeah, it was the way that it was shot. Like, why would the zombie be so far away? Now, if she had you know, burst through that wall and there were just zombies already on top of her. And there was just no, you know, they should have buried her the moment she burst through that wall. She should have burst through that wall and just immediately got buried, but that wasn't how it was shot. So yeah, it, the way they shot it, it looked totally like she could have been saved, you
0: know? Well, yeah. Cause she burst through the window, hit the ground, got up, dusted herself off, put band-aids over her knee, the scrapes on her knees, made sure that she wasn't bleeding anymore from the cuts, ran 15 feet, and then got swarmed. And like, you're like, oh. And then like you said, at first you do think they're further away, but by the time she ran that 15 feet, she was like 10 feet away from them. And they were just like, oh no, we can't save her. No. I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like, if they had saved her then, no one else would have died for the rest of the movie. Because she was the most efficient zombie yep. killer in this movie.
3: Yeah, she yep. was tight. That was, my, that was my biggest complaint about it. Yep, because she was by far the best character <laughs> other than Dave Bautista.
0: I mean, just when it came to sheer efficiency of killing zombies, holy fuck, she was great. And they were very much on that movie bullshit. She's doing seriously like equilibrium gun foo type shit, killing these zombies. And then they have her, they just have her be a normal fucking person that's doing all this crazy shit. So they were very much on that movie bullshit of, Oh, it's a zombie person or movie. So everybody's great at headshots and martial arts. But y- you know what? It weirdly worked in that scene though. You know, like she might not have ever been up against zombies or anything like that, Like, because she even raises her hands when they ask her, like, oh, have you been around zombies? And she's like, no, I haven't. Dude, that shit, when she was like, started waking them up and she was, like, shanking them in the head and slowly lowering them to try not to wake up the rest of the zombies was fucking great.
3: Yeah, that was one of the best scenes.
0: In all honesty, that whole sequence with her is my favorite part of this fucking movie. And then they just let her die. And I'm like, just come on, man. You know, if she had burst through that window and was still on the ground and zombies were just swarming her, I would totally get it. You'd be like, oh, you can't save her. But man, she got up, took a drink from her canteen, ate a Snickers (laughs) bar, all kinds of shit before the zombies swarmed her. And they just stared at her and let her die. I get that one of them was the bad guy that got her killed to begin with, or got her in that situation to begin with. I get that. But the other person standing there was her best friend. It just makes no damn sense. Also, why did they have that scene with that other character that came with the trickshot guy And they were like, he's like, just for him to go zombies, no way, I'm out of here. Why? That was, I know it's only like a minute long, but why? That's at least one minute you could have shaved off this fucking movie because it was beyond unnecessary. (laughs) Like it served zero anything to the plot of this movie. Also, I'm going to end up saying also a lot, so just buckle up. This is one of the first times in a movie where I think I've seen them more or less blame zombies on aliens. If you didn't catch that in the movie, that's actually the whole plot or like a big basis of the plot is that these aren't just some weird zombies or anything like that it's due to alien experiments at area 51 is where the zombie virus more or less comes from. And then that's also why you get that weird scene with the zombie baby that glows like the Milky Way galaxy, like orb thing from men in black is because there's like alien DNA in that from all this shit. So I get that that's kind of a cool premise. But you know what? It doesn't do anything for this movie. That whole zombie pregnancy thing was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in a movie. It does not fit in this movie. It makes no sense. It sets up a two or three, but like I said, has zero payoff in this movie. And that scene took like no less than 27 minutes that scene was absurdly long. Also, I did like the little element of the, like the alpha zombies or the general zombies or whatever the fuck they were when they got headshot. I kind of liked the fact that their head kind of like had like this blue energy to it when they got hit signifying what they were, that they were the ones bitten by the main guy. I thought that that was a cool little subtle thing in this movie, but I don't know if you guys noticed this, but one of the zombies that gets their head like ripped off or like the front face or their face ripped off or whatever is a straight up cyborg, like Terminator T 800 style fucking robot. Like it was a metal skull and there were sparks coming from its head. What the fuck was that? once again, is something that probably pays off in another movie. If we get one, not this one at all. And it's also very reliant on you seeing this one scene or noticing this one moment. So I think that that's one of those things, like I said, that's very much just a fucking waste. Also, why was this movie's entire plan a legitimate waste of the entire fucking movie? Because the ultimate goal that they really had is they wanted to get the the head of one of the alpha zombies. So why couldn't the guy have just come to it instead of it being a bank heist, just say, hey, we need one of these. And then everybody could be like, no, that's a terrible idea. And then they go, no, no, no. Like we have like... And they could just lie and be like, no, we have a zombie. We had one of the shambler bodies and we were able to do some stuff. And we noticed we could kind of do some stuff to like create super drugs to get rid of Alzheimer's or cancer or any of this other shit. But it wasn't really that effective from those ones. We need one of the alphas or one of the higher up zombies because that is a more pure sample. And we'd be able to do it, and then Dave Bautista would go, "Yeah, my mother died of cancer. I get it." And then he would get up the team, and they would go in there to get that. And then you just don't have that zombie be the first fucking zombie they see, and that's fine. And then you can still have all this chaos break loose. And then, but it, the the secret motive could be they just want that to do like in this movie where they wanted to create a you know a horde of zombies like an undead army. I totally get all that. It just really makes no sense if you really want your mission to get that zombie head or the zombie DNA or whatever you want to call it. You're lessening your chances to succeed when you give them ulterior motives. Like you're just decreasing your chances of succeeding. So that makes no damn sense either. You could have had the plot that they kind of went with with the twist and then She kind of had that be the real plot, but they had to track down one of those and it would have been great because then you could have made those a little bit more rare and not be, like I said, the first zombie
2: you come across. It's just kind of dumb. Yeah. And then the trick motive should have been about the money, you know, like it should have been them going in there to hunt. I like what you said. I think they should have switched them like there you sh- it should have been a mission to go in there and retrieve one of the alphas but there could have been somebody also in there with their own incentive to get to that vault maybe the you, you know, the the person trying to get to the vault, the turncoat or whatever, could have been the vault opener person as well, trying to get to the vault and get money. So they should have went in there with the motive of, OK, we got to hunt and we got to get this back because it can save people. And then some scumbag in there should have been trying to get money. They probably should have reversed them.
0: But or honestly, you could have just had it be like instead of getting just a zombie head, you have to capture one hole kind of like. In, in in Game of Thrones, where they had to go beyond the wall to get a walker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just have those alphas be more rare, so they would have to go deep into Vegas to get it. And then when they get it, they have to bind this whole zombie to get out. And then instead of having the money thing, just have the turncoat be the same guy, but his mission is to make sure he kills all the rest of them, but keeps the zombie so that nobody knows the ulterior motive. Of this company, the real motive to get one for nefarious plans.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That works too. Yeah. yeah. Just really streamline it. That would have cut out what two hours out of this movie. It would have been great. And you could have done it with less characters. Cause my complaint is that there are too many characters. So you, you just couldn't develop anybody, you know? Batista got good development. I mean, thank goodness he was the main character. But, you know, you it was just impossible to develop all these characters, regardless of how good the acting was or how good the casting was. So if there was a way to have less of them so then you could pay more attention to them, I just think it would have been more effective. Yeah, because that trick shot guy was a nothing character. You could have just yeah. had
0: the Dietrich character be that character instead of a safe character. And he would have at least had more personality. hmm You know? Like, it just made no sense also. also I told you, you're going to hear me say also so fucking much in this. The bad guy. Whenever he fucks everybody over, when he thinks he's walking away with the head. Why does he walk outside the building to get killed by the tiger? He had to go to the elevator inside the building. Why did he go outside the building?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: That makes no sense. He literally, that scene literally happens just so he can get killed by the tiger. You know what would have been cooler? Is if he just got killed by the tiger inside the casino.
3: (laughs) Yeah. It
0: makes no sense for him to go outside. The elevator to the roof was inside. Like it makes no sense why he went outside there. None whatsoever. Also, Batista's daughter in this movie is the reason why everybody died.
3: Correct. Yep.
0: (laughs) Because when Dave Batista realized that she got away is when he got freaked out and everybody got distracted and that one guy was able to sneak away. Which then started all their problems with the main alpha coming after him. His daughter is terrible.
1: She's like, oh, I want to save this
0: person. Because she's a mother. Yeah, You killed 10 people to save that one lady. You're a terrible person. Do some fucking math. like none of that made any sense. I get that it's like the whole she's just a good person so she wants to do this this and that and all this other shit. But also do some fucking math. You killed everybody. And honestly, the only reason why you lived and even had a chance of living was because of Dave Batista. If she had done that and Dave Batista died, like she would have to get back over to him and she knows this and she knows there's no time. If say they hadn't noticed the plan and all this other stuff, she would have just been killed by the nuke because her plan was dumb. She goes, Oh, there's 15 minutes till a nuke hits this place. Now it's time for me to do my secret plan. Cause I can do that in 15 minutes. What the fuck? You're dumb. Like, her timing of it is what was the dumb thing about it. And she was supposed to be a smart, great person?
1: No, she's fucking dumb. Also, and I'll stop with my also's now.
0: This movie also has the same problem a lot of movies have, with zombie movies specifically where they are just gigantically inconsistent with how long it takes for a bite to affect you. Because I understand if you get bit on the neck or something, because the whole idea is you get bit and it's a very bacterially infectious bite. So it kills you. You go necrotic too fast and you die. It's a death sentence. I get that. And then once you die, you become a zombie. So a bite on the neck that rips up in your jugular means you die faster and you become a zombie faster. 100% understand that. But why is it that the security guard, when he gets bit by the alpha, he takes like eight hours to turn. Like in the movie, it's, it's at least four hours for him to turn into a zombie. And then you have that one guy that was with the safe cracker that he gets bit and thrown into the safe. But he's secretly bit. He does not even know he's bit until it's too late. That was like two weeks, it felt like, after he yeah. got bit, that he's like, oh, I'm becoming a zombie. But then Batista gets bit up on the shoulder. That wasn't a fatal bite. That wasn't the neck. That was the shoulder. And like we established earlier, Batista's got some beefy-ass shoulders. He gets bit on the shoulder and turns in five minutes. There is zero consistency in how quickly people turn in this. It is just 100% whatever the plot dictates at that time. And like I said, that's a big problem in the zombie genre. I would just like for once for somebody to give a fuck and have some fucking consistency. It'd be appreciated. Just for once. Because, I'm not gonna lie, that trope of somebody being bit and not knowing it, or bit and hiding it, or whatever, and then turning to a zombie in an ill-timed situation now, granted this movie ends with it as a cliffhanger, but still, that's one of the most
1: fucking tire-smashed tropes In these fucking movies. I'm just tired of seeing it. It's tiring.
0: Because I don't think anybody out there thought that that guy was actually fine. After he climbed out of that vault. Because you know it's a zombie movie. So you just know he's going to be that. Maybe Heather was caught off guard by that because like she said, she doesn't watch a lot of zombie stuff. And I guess that's fair. If you don't watch a lot of zombie stuff, maybe it's not a tiring ass fucking trope to you. But I've seen a ton of zombie shit. It's tiresome. I'm done for now.
3: I I'll, have a question.
0: So again later, but yes, Heather, what's your question?
3: Was Dave Batista's daughter? Was she was somebody in the camp of she had not really killed zombies before? I can't remember if she was or not, or if they clarified that.
0: Um, I mean, she had been around zombies because they were in Vegas when the first outbreak happens. Because that's why Batista has to kill her mom,
3: right? So yeah, she had no. Made, my question.
0: I mean, she had mm-hmm. been around zombies. She had been around zombie killing when Dave Batista got them out of Vegas. You know,
3: yeah, my reason for asking is because when she was warding off all of the ones coming at them when she was saving that girl, she was a dead on shot every time getting them in the head right between the eyes. <laughs> and I'm just like, how did oh, that happen? Just out of nowhere, <laughs>
0: every single person in this movie was headshot McGee,
3: Even- which is true, that is very true. But it just, <laughs> I think, because of her character, I was like. It was more obvious that that was just like, this doesn't look right. (laughs) I mean,
0: shit, the first time you see Dietrich shoot a gun, he's hitting bottles and doing headshots and shit later. And then they make a joke. They're like, huh, it took you four shots to kill that zombie. I was like, yeah, because every other person in this movie is one-shotting every zombie. It's a little crazy that they're all one-shots. Right. Anyway, Heather, go. It's your turn. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, and I get that like Kate's motivation with it, or, you know, she wanted to save the lady that she knew. And I I get that the big part of that was because her mom died. So she has a thing about not wanting kids to lose their mom. I get that. But you're right. It's kind of like how many people... Are you, you, cause she had to have known they were going to find out that she left and come after her. You know what I mean? so, yeah, it was just a bad plan all around just to prove a point that she wanted to like help save somebody. Yeah. Um,
0: I mean, I get that part, yeah. but my thing is, is like, what was the second part of her plan? She knew she would have to get back to those people.
3: How did right. she really
0: yeah. think she was going to do that in that time frame? Because that was up against the clock at that point, you know? Right,
3: yeah, just at the very end there. That's what
0: bothered me, is it was so late in the mission that she did that. That it made no sense because, and the only reason why they had a shot of getting out of there is because they took the helicopter to that building. Like, how did she think she was going to get to that building and back with those people? That's what bothered me the most about it is that she knew she would need to get back to those people to leave. So to me, it just felt like she was like, oh, I'm going to go rescue them, just knowing we're going to get nuked anyway. So I'm going to go find her to get nuked. It's fine. Like, that was
3: my problem with it. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. I mean, and it just, in general, I did not like her character because I just, I feel like she was... (laughs) defiant for no reason against her. Like, I get why she was defiant against her dad, but just in general, when you're on this mission and you're the one who is inserting yourself in this mission, why are you going to not follow the rules to make sure you stay alive? Like, she's like she inserted herself in this situation and yet she's just like really upset that they don't want to do it the way she wants to do it. You know, it's just like, okay, well, that's kind of on you though, right? <laughs> so she was just kind of an annoying character. But um, a couple of things also that I did notice where I was like, what is the, what's going on here is for one, when um, the the guy who ends up kind of screwing everybody over, when he goes and he cuts off. The queen's head like my whole thing is the the lady with him coyote the coyote lady she even said like when they find her body they're gonna come after us why didn't they hide the body why did they just leave the body there where it was why wouldn't they at least try to hide it to buy themselves some time you know what i mean like that made no sense that's a very
0: good point
2: they could have pushed yeah. it under the yeah, car yeah that's a great point you push it under the car like
3: if you know that you are all going to severely and terribly die <laughs> if they find this you didn't even make effort to try and like yeah put it behind one of those cars or one of the whatever was out there at least like to get it out of plain sight you know what i mean like why wouldn't you at least try to do that that didn't make sense so that was one thing where I was like, you didn't even try to buy yourself any time. <laughs> um, and that was another thing too. And like, I'm glad you brought up the thing about how the zombies are associated with aliens, because I might, one of my things with it too, was the scene when you do see the the king of zombies get the baby out of the queen's stomach and, part of me was kind of like can the undead give new life like how does that work (laughs) so the fact that you brought up that they were um you know aliens really or alien blood or whatever that made more sense but that was another thing because I was kind of like how does that work (laughs) can the undead give life to newborn babies like it was just a very weird concept for me but, um, but yeah, I think something that I did like about what they did was just the, the whole idea in that, that whole scene where the coyote lady, the blonde lady is saying like, this is their kingdom, you know, like they rule all of this and we got to play by their rules kind of thing. I liked that concept. Maybe it has been done. And other stuff before, but I just, I thought it was kind of cool how they did it, where they didn't make it seem like, you know, they were like, these aren't just mindless things. Like they're organized, they're smart, they're quick, like they, they're not what you think they are. I really liked that whole scene and that whole explanation because I feel like that gave it a different layer. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I could that could be in other zombie movies that I haven't seen, but because I'm more limited, like, I hadn't seen that before, so I actually enjoyed that they kind of took it that way with this, in, you know what I mean? Is that something they do in other ones? Well, in the movie Land
0: of the Dead, they kind of say that the longer people are zombies, they kind of end up going back to their old mentalities, like out of a muscle memory thing and that they developed the idea to communicate and all this other stuff. We have seen that in zombie movies before. I think the way they executed that in this was actually a little better. I actually do think it was an improvement by giving them a hierarchy and stuff. And especially by saying, or alluding to the fact that it's alien-based kind of adds to it. Mm -hmm. You know, that ability and stuff like that. Yeah. My big problem with it is just that they kind of built the story with it. It showed glimpses of it in just very fleeting moments.
3: Yeah, like they could have, they could have showed a little bit more of that hierarchy or that the way that they are with their kingdom. But I, I think it just gave it an extra layer of intensity of you do not want to be caught by these things or in their midst. You don't even want them to know you're there. Like, it it just gave it an extra horrifying type of element to what these zombies are. Um, Because, you know, a lot of times they portray zombies, or at least before recently, I think they're starting to develop zombies to be different things now. But it used to just be like, They're just aggressive when they're hungry and you're in the way and they want to eat your brains and whatever. But, you know, just this whole thing of like, no, they're technically undead or whatever they want to be called, but they're also extremely intelligent beings as far as, you know, they're there to survive (laughs) and they're there to grow their, their kingdom and make it bigger so, I think it gave it an extra creepy element, which was kind of cool. But um and I think that the 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 people who played the king and the queen were good. I think that they they were real creepy. So, <laughs> they did a good job with that, but um I don't know. I just thought it was just a unique way to tell the story of like who these zombies are and everything, but I another thing that you did mention, Sterling was Yeah, just like the the unreliable or the ever-changing timeline it takes to turn into one of these once you are bit. Um, So that was because I I was thinking the same thing, too, about uh, Bautista at the end. I'm just like, he would have turned by now, right? (laughs) But I, you know, but I do think if they do end up making this into another series of movies, or if there's even another one after this, um, what is his name? Vanderow, the guy who survived at the end, you know, when he's on the plane and you see that he got bit. I think that will be an interesting development and an interesting movie because he got bit by the King, right? So he would become an alpha zombie, and so I think that that would be an interesting concept to bring into a different movie. If they do another one, you said they don't, they're they're not doing one right now, right? Like there's no talks about it yet.
0: We will get into that later.
3: Oh, okay. But anyways, if, if that, if, and when that does happen, I think that that will be an interesting segue. Like this actually made me be like, I hope they do a sequel. I want to see what happens here. And they do have a lot that was left up in the air because, I mean, essentially, like, uh Tignataro's character, uh, Peterson. And I agree with what you said at the beginning, too. She was great. Like, just in general, her character in this was great. But the fact that you really could not tell that she wasn't actually there with them <laughs> is really impressive. So just, you know... Props to her and to Snyder and everybody who made that look legit. That was great. Um, But it was kind of up in the air because at the end, I mean, I guess they're kind of hinting at the fact that the daughter is the only one who survives at the end there. But they don't really ever say if uh, Peterson died or not. I mean, the plane crashed. You see her there. But it doesn't really ever say, like, did she also die? You know, So I don't know. I feel like there's a lot up in the air and I don't know if it was intentional so that it can segue into something else or if it was just, they wanted to leave it up to the imagination or if it was just getting sloppy and not, not showing anything (laughs) because I think it was, it was interesting how they chose certain people to not show them getting torn apart and, you know, ravaged and eaten. Like, the coyote lady, when she got caught, they chose not to show her being killed. Um, And I thought that was interesting because it definitely, you you think that, I mean, maybe not, maybe maybe she did just die in the explosion of things, but it looked like she was about to be just demolished by that king dude because he killed the queen, you know, because she killed the queen, but they didn't show her die. And so I was like, "Does that mean she's gonna turn into the queen next like I was just kind of it made me wonder why they weren't showing certain pretty important characters in the story dying and um like, and they didn't really show um the safe crack guy <laughs> they didn't show him die you know there's just there's so many people that like As much as they did for zombie kills and zombies eating and, you know, all the stuff they did with that. And they chose certain people not to show them die. And I just thought that was interesting. And I don't know why they did that. Um, But I don't know. Thoughts on that? Do you think that was a weird choice? Or do you think they did that on purpose?
0: I think at some point the editor realized that if they kept all that in, it'd be another four-hour movie. And they wanted to stop it.
3: (laughs) I see. Yeah, that's also very possible. But, um, I mean, not that I wanted to see some of these characters dying. I just, for it being a zombie movie and them just not really holding back on showing how people die and, you know, all of that. I just thought that was an interesting thing. Um, And, yeah, 100% Chambers, the girl who was a badass that died at the beginning I am so upset about that because man, they could have done so many cool other scenes in that movie with her. Like, I agree. I think that the scene when she's there and she's just kind of, you know, pretty much killing all of those zombies by herself. That was fantastic. And I really, really had hope that she was going to make it out of there. I really thought as much, you know, zombie ass as she was kicking that she was going to be all right. <laughs> you know, and it just didn't happen. And I wanted her to get the revenge on the dude who locked her in there. And I thought she was going to kill him. And I really thought that would have been a, a satisfying ending for him. Um, But I'm just really upset that they killed her off so early because she was so good. Like, her and Bautista together, if they had teamed up, those zombies all would have been... Not a problem. So I'm very sad that they killed her so early on. And you're right. They definitely could have saved her 100%. Um, it's kind of like that argument of Titanic. Like, could they both fit on that, you know, piece of the boat? <laughs> it's like, yeah, definitely. 100%. That would have, they would have been fine. Um, but yeah, I, I just, and, and like I said, as much as <laughs> there are definitely problems with this movie, um, it still, as a whole story, like, it, it worked for the most part. And that, you're right, too, because it's like, okay, so if the whole idea and the whole thing was he wanted to get the head of one of them, that literally the first zombie they saw they could have done that with. and Or the guy that they set up to be bait for the zombies, like, <laughs> allowed him to be killed and then just brought him back with his zombie head. You know, because it's not like they knew there was this hierarchy kingdom of zombies and it's like, oh, I've got to get the queen's head specifically. That's what he wants. Like, it's not like he went in knowing ahead of time that that was how things were. It seems to me like he was just like just a zombie head, right? So it's like, why not just find the first zombie and be like, we're done. We're cool. I'm out. I mean, even the guy himself, like he could have just done that and been like, you know what? you know, got the zombie head. Not even if he didn't want to tell people, he could have just been like, eh, I changed my mind. I'm out. So I'm going to head out. You guys have fun. I'm done. <laughs> and then he could have just, you know, it would have been done, but then we wouldn't have a two and a half hour long movie. So yeah. But for all of that, and and I think that you make some interesting points, Sterling, about <laughs> a lot of the issues with this movie and why it doesn't really logistically work. As well as when I watched it, I was like, I like it. And, and I still do. But you're right. Like, you think back on those those subtle things that I didn't catch or notice. And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> they definitely should have or should not have done that. But in general, I just, I just think it... And I do think a lot of it is because Bautista carried this movie so well. I really do think that that is a huge reason why this worked how it did. And like just how dynamic he was with all the people he interacted with, it just really worked for what this movie was. And Justin made a good point, too, about how there are so many characters and you don't get into a lot of <laughs> what, you know, who are these people? Why should we be invested in them? Like Chambers, the girl who dies. Like, man, if I would have known a little bit more about her story, I would have loved her even more. But... You're right, like, that would have been an extra two hours, probably, just going into that. So maybe he'll do a Snyder Cut of this, who knows. And if he does, I'll watch it if it means more chambers in the movie. But, um, yeah, it was just, it it wasn't a very, um, it wasn't a very character-driven movie or story as, um... Yeah, as much as just like a ragtag group of people type of thing. Um, Except for Bautista, he did get a lot of development with his daughter and their relationship in this. But otherwise, or just his relationships in general. But otherwise, yeah, there's not a whole lot of character development um, or anything like that. But for whatever reason, I just thought it worked. Maybe I need to make myself more knowledgeable of some other zombie stuff. <laughs> like I've seen walking dead. I've seen zombie land and zombie land too. Um, you know, Shaun of the dead. I've seen those and I, I don't dislike them, but it's just, I don't have a wide range of zombie stuff I've seen. So for me, this was up there as like super entertaining for me, um, even with all of its flaws, but yeah, that's, that's all I got for now.
0: All right, Justin, what about you?
2: Yeah. Um, and I mean, just everything that you guys are saying about Batista, I mean, I just really wanted to reiterate that he was very good in this. Like the first scene that really just took me by surprise was the flashback showing him kill his wife, um, you know, the mother that was just a great scene just like the look on his face as he was doing it i mean there was a real look of anguish he looked like that 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 was troubling to him he couldn't even watch as he drove the knife into her head and then the daughter coming out and seeing and seeing that and then screaming mom i mean that was a really well done scene. And Batista just absolutely killed it in that scene. And like, I watched that scene several times because I was like, man, dude, his facials, the emotion that he showed, the way that he was doing it was perfect. And so I just wanted to start there because I spoke a lot um, in the Spiral podcast that we did about Chris Rock and some of his facials, and how I didn't think that some of the way that he chose to make faces or the way that he chose to portray the emotions matched what the character needed to be in certain moments and in the movie, and so I sort of had some problems with some of Chris Rock's acting in that film. Well, this was the total opposite. I just really think that any time Batista had to do some more nuanced acting or show some sort of emotion, he just nailed it. And like that scene with his mom, I was like, I was really shocked. I was like, wow, man, Batista really killed it. Then there was a later scene where he's talking with the daughter and, you know, he's trying to explain that he had to do that. And he was sorry that she had to witness him, uh, killing, killing her mom and everything like that. And, you can tell that the way he acted in that scene, like his eyes were shifted back and forth. And you could tell just by his facials and kind of this like... He was kind of like drooping it down his neck and kind of, you know, he couldn't quite look at her completely as he's reliving that moment. And I mean, Batista just did such a great job. Like these are little scenes, but they meant a lot to me as far as his acting. And I think it was really those scenes that, um, that I, that I figured would be the toughest for him to nail. All the stuff where he's yelling and screaming and you know spine-bustering zombies and throwing knives into people and all that stuff, that's all stuff we know he can do. We've seen all the Marvel movies. We've seen him as drags. We know he can deliver in those types of scenes. And he can be an imposing figure. But man, it was just very nice to see him as this sort of remorseful, just apologist apologetic father who just wanted a relationship with his daughter, but it just got away from him for whatever reason. And and, a part of it was because of the trauma of that situation with, with, with his wife, her mom. So I, I just really thought that Batista nailed that man. Like I can't speak enough about how well he nailed that. But again, that that's a scene. Those were scenes where I really felt like Zack Snyder nailed it. And like we've said, too bad that with these other characters, we didn't get anything like that. So I couldn't care about them. So to Heather's point, when she talked about how some of these characters get killed off screen, I think a part of that, though, was I don't know if that was really less more about. Oh, we're pressed for time and we, we filmed it, but we had to cut it more than it was. Well, we feel that you care about these characters, so you may not want to see how all of them die. Kind of like preserving the audience from having to view that because we're allegedly supposed to be invested in these people. But I wasn't invested. You know, you didn't show me enough scenes with these people. I didn't get any flashes with these people to really understand, like, who they were and why. Like, like the Coyote character. I liked her. I, I liked that character. And I liked some of what she was saying and what she stood for and how she had been there, in, you know, interacted with this With this Vegas zombie land for this for a while, and she had left people there and was trying to like redeem. I I thought that that was interesting, but I just didn't get enough of it. Like I didn't get enough development with her. Like you know, I, I really wanted to know why she was called the Coyote. Like why? Like how did she get that name? Like where did that come from? It would have been nice to have seen a scene to kind of put that together but because we had to do all this other stuff we just didn't get to do that so that was another character i thought had an interesting dynamic and i just wish that there was more uh, about that so um and took and kind of to have this point when they did show a character getting killed it was kind of effective like um like the Maria character. You know, she kind of had that heart-to-heart with Batista, and it seemed like they kind of maybe had a chance to be together or something after all this had occurred and it didn't quite work. And they kind of had a little heart to heart. And so then when the zombies come in and basically the zombie does a manual exorcist with her neck and just twist her neck all the way around, I was like, oh damn, you know, that kind of got a, that, that got a pop out of me. I was like, Oh, damn. Because, you know, it was one of the characters we had been following. She had lived a long time. She had a lot of scenes and stuff with Batista and stuff. So when I did see her die, it kind of, I kind of felt that I was like, oh, damn, you know, I didn't think she was going to go out like that. That was crazy. You know, it at least kind of gave me that. But again, you know, the the choices that we made to just not develop some of these characters, I, I just think it really hurt them. And I and honestly, I don't see how you could have developed them because you had so many of them. It, it was just it was too many characters, and so I just think that you you just run the trap of that somebody is going to miss out. So in this case, a lot of them uh, missed out, and, and I guess the whole thing like with the. Uh, with the alpha um, zombies and everything like that. I did like the way that they, th- that it was executed in this. And I did like how kind of like there were these alphas and they were better, had more intelligence and stuff like this. But I guess I felt like I, I didn't feel like it was completely original just because I guess I just feel like after seeing all so much zombie stuff, I guess you just feel like you've somewhat seen a version, you know, like in 28 days later, they were running though. The, you know, they could run sprint fast and they were athletic and everything like that. You know, Sterling mentioned land of the dead. I even thought about Zombieland land too, where, you know, where some of the zombies were he had classifications for them and different names that he called them and how some of the zombies were way tougher, way more athletic. They could take more damage. They they were uh they incorporated more strategy and were harder to kill. So to me, we even kind of saw a version of that in Zombieland where you kind of have these mindless zombies, but then you have these other ones. I forget what he called them in zombie land too but you you know so i guess to me i had seen kind of a versions of this where you kind of have your mindless zombies and then kind of your higher level zombies who are Hawkings, more formidable that they're called i think so i think so Yeah, I think you're right about that. So I guess it felt like familiar territory to me, but I do see what you guys are coming from. We haven't seen it to this extent where basically, you know, they're they're almost fully intelligent. And he obviously the king zombie obviously had feelings for the queen when and stuff like that. I don't know if we've gotten it to that full of an extent yet. So I will give the movie credit for that. Uh, the The whole idea of this being kind of a caper or a heist movie within a zombie movie. Like, I, I don't hate that concept. And that is actually a cool mix of concepts. Because essentially, that's what this was. This yeah. was Ocean's Eleven mixed with... <laughs> Um, you know, mixed with a little bit of Mad Max, I guess you could say, mixed with zombie kind of stuff. Kind of Mad Max-ish in the way that they said that this was these people's kingdom and they run it and this is there. But kind of to Sterling's point, if we could have saw more locations and we could have saw, like, if we could have seen the kingdom, you know what I mean? Like, to the largest scale and used more Las Vegas locations to really get an idea of how this is a kingdom, I think this would have been infinitely more awesome. But I didn't hate the caper mixed with zombie concept. That is innovative. But like Sterling said, you feel cheated by it, though, because we spend most of the time in buildings. You know, it even had some of those caper montages, like when the vault is first open and everybody is interacting with money and it's doing the music and everybody's so happy that they got to this money. So yeah, there was definitely... A lot of good, like, caper movie vibes in this. Again, another scene that I felt like Zack Snyder nailed. But it's just too bad that all these pocketed scenes, we just didn't quite get a story that made... um complete sense. And like you guys said, I was really confused by the whole baby thing. Like, I don't know. I still don't really know if I like that or not, because, you know, it's, kind of, and I get that there was an alien element, but you didn't really explain that. So I just don't know if I like it or not, you know, like what exactly happened with that? So, I mean, Are they really zombies? Can other zombies reproduce? Can only the alphas reproduce? Was the king the only one that could reproduce? You know, it just raises all sorts of questions that we really don't have the answer to. Like, if he bites someone and that person becomes an alpha, can they then reproduce? Who can you reproduce with? Can alphas only reproduce with other alphas? Like, Or can you reproduce with any zombie? Like, so, you know, it just... You know, it just raises more questions than it gave answers. And honestly, even if there was a sequel to this, I just doubt knowing Zack Snyder and given his track record, I just don't know if I would even get an answer uh <laughs> to all of those questions. Just <laughs> the way, the way he does movies. He's definitely a style over substance guy, which is why a lot of his movies just are that way. They're stylish. They're memorable. They've got a, he's got a, a unique sense of style, but they ultimately lack the substance to where you can't really say, oh, it's a great movie. Great movies have style and substance. He typically is top heavy on one, not so much on the other. So that that's, and ultimately that is what this movie is. A lot of style, A a, a lot of, uh, man, a ton of style, a great opening, innovative concept, even though not fully realized, innovative concepts, memorable scenes, nails it with the cast. Um, You know, very fun, very watchable movie because it's so, so stylistically shot. But man, when you start really looking at that story and breaking it down, it's just not there substance wise. Uh and yeah, I, I totally in agreement with you guys. The daughter did get everybody killed. And at the and the and at the end of that scene, you know, Batista was doing some great acting and was really being funny when he was talking about the lobster rolls food truck and all that stuff, and just kind of having a moment with his daughter and everything. That Batista was doing such a great job. But I couldn't help but sit there and think, daughter. You got everybody killed, man. Like <laughs> this is on you. <laughs> we're, we're all dead because of you, and you were the one that gets that that got to live. So yeah, it just um I couldn't help but have those thoughts, even though Batista again was doing some incredible acting uh, in that scene. So yeah, I think that's uh j- just about everything for me.
1: Yeah. I'm really debating if whether or not I should say
0: also again. Also. Well, one problem I have with the opening intro is that when the zombie outbreak happens in the, in the intro, there's that guy that's like the Liberace impersonator just sitting there playing the piano about to play the piano with a guy getting attacked by zombie showgirls right behind him. Why (laughs) would you there's screaming and growling and all kinds of shit noise. He's just like, no, it's piano time. (laughs) That's dumb. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's just so many elements in this movie that you don't just, you just don't know what, if they do a sequel, what will be there? What will matter? What won't matter? Because it was hit or miss in this movie what mattered or didn't matter. I mean, I Mm -hmm. will say this, Justin, the reason why she's called a coyote is it's the same uh, principle as somebody that's a coyote in Mexico, whereas there's somebody that gets you across the border. They call them coyotes, and that's why she was the coyote. She was the one that would sneak people into Vegas and back out.
3: Oh, yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that's why she was a coyote. Okay. Yeah, that's really it that's just why she was called the coyote. is she was just instead of it being from like from Mexico into the US, she would sneak people into Vegas to steal coins and money from casinos and back out. Okay. Okay. That's it. Cool. And if that's not it, I don't know why it's not it because that makes complete sense to me. That's what she did. She yeah, was the that coyote. <laughs> you know. But
1: I mean, that's what I thought with that. I mean,
0: this movie in a lot of ways to me was like a lot of wasted potential. Like you wasted the potential of Vegas. You wasted the potential of this zombie put on a metal fucking helmet. That was actually kind of cool.
3: But then you kind of wasted it. I thought that too.
0: You know, by just surrounding it with a bunch of other bullshit. I mean, I don't also understand the whole idea that these zombies would like allow you in and all this other stuff. If you followed their rules, wouldn't they just be hungry? Like, why weren't (laughs) they hungry? Why wouldn't they just want to eat anyway? Why would they specifically go get more alphas made? Why wouldn't they just eat a motherfucker once in a while?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, one thing I did forget to mention that I can't believe I forgot to mention. I really liked the uh, zombie tiger. I thought that was a cool thing to put in the movie. Not specifically for any reason other than just like that looked cool. So that's all I got for that. No, it was cool.
2: That was. And it was cool how they said, you know, he came from Siegfried and Roy. And see, that's the thing. Like, that's why you feel cheated by the Vegas concept. Because, dude, you could have had Vegas acts making cameos. You could have had, like, right. um, you know, how come Chris Angel wasn't walking around? You know, zombified, <laughs> mind freak walking around. You right. know, you could have. You could have done so many things because, you know, there are so many things synonymous with Vegas. So you could have had some cool cameos in this. You could have had, like, some, like, why weren't there other animals, you know? I mean, hell, like, when you go to Siegfried and Roy, there's hella animals, not just tigers. They got elephants and stuff. Imagine a zombie elephant tromping around in there. (laughs) Yeah. Or something like that. Or somebody yeah. having to take down a zombie elephant. Like, just imagine. Like, you know. Oh, I
0: agree, Justin. You're telling me Carrot Top's too busy to just do a cameo as a zombified Carrot Top?
2: Come on, he would have done that. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> just imagine that. Carrot to- and Carrot Top is big now, right? Is he still got all those muscles. Just imagine him. Oh, like, yeah, he's super swollen. Yeah, just Alpha imagine him Carrot Carrot wrestling around you know, wrestling around with Batista or something, then Batista grabs him by his hair and shoots him in the head. That would have been cool! You know? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Come on, man, they could have done like a zombified Britney Spears. Yep. All kinds of shit. That's what I'm saying. They wasted Vegas.
3: Or like a zombified Cher. That would have been cool, too. Yeah.
0: I mean, they could have done like a zombified circus. The lay person, that like would have been running at them, and then like they would have shot at it, and it could have just done a back bend and just like spider ran at them.
3: Ooh, that would have been cool. Yeah, yeah. I see what you mean by wasted potential.
2: Or like you know how there's always people. In costumes and stuff, cosplaying like on the streets and stuff like that. And oh, look, it's Batman! Take a picture with him. Oh, look, it's Superman! I mean, I don't know. Maybe he, maybe you would have had to have gotten the rights to those characters to have them zombified walking around. But even still, that that maybe there's some difficulties there. But it would have been kind of cool to see these zombies who were people out there cosplaying other characters and they're just walking around because they got, you know, they they got ate up. So they're out there. Um, you know, you could have just done there could have been hella cosplays out there besides Elvis, you know. And even then they Where only had the Cleo- like one or two Elvises. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the Cleopatra? Where's the I mean you could have done a lot of different cosplays. The zombie Blooming group.
0: Mm-hmm. Zombie Penn
2: and Michael Jackson. Uh, I mean, like all of those things are in Vegas. When you go to Vegas, you cannot help but see all kinds of celebrity wannabes and people in costumes and lookalikes and stuff. So, yeah, you could you should have had hella lookalikes coming after them. It would have been cool. And then you could have had all kinds of jokes from that. Characters could have made jokes or, you know, you, you could have messed around with the music. Maybe if we saw a musician lookalike, you could have had some music from that musician as he's getting blown away or something. You know, you could have done some cool stuff with that, too. But I digress.
1: A zombie Frank Sinatra? Just so many things.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, a zombie Wayne Newton. That would have been great.
1: Yes. <laughs> that
0: would have been tight. Yeah, no, they just kind of dropped the ball on all those aspects of it, you know? Like, you only got really, like, zombie showgirls at the beginning. There should be, you could have gotten a zombie Elizabeth Berkeley from showgirls. would have been probably better than the entire movie of showgirls. Uh, Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. You're right about
0: that. But then we could have got, all right. So with some of the stuff, there is some behind the scenes stuff with this movie that may or may not help, you know, with some of your wonders about all this, they are supposedly doing a six episode animated series. That's kind of like the prequel to this. Um. Hmm. With all the cast members doing their voices. So, like, Dave Batista will be doing the voice of the Dave Batista character and all that stuff. Um, there's also a spin off movie that is directed by the guy that played Dietrich, the safecracker, in this called Army of Thieves. And that movie's already shot, it's in post production right now. Coming to a Netflix nice. near you.
3: <laughs> that's pretty cool.
0: So they will be expanding on this universe, but the big problem with it is, I don't know if they're doing an army of the dead too. Yeah. And as Justin said, even if they do, are we really going to get any explanations about it? Right. Also, that just made me think of something. You know how like the casino owner guy was like, Hey, You can't fly into it because it's a military no-fly zone, but you can fly out of it. But then later in the movie, it shows him with a bunch of generals from the military. Why wouldn't they have just let him fly in if they were a part of the (laughs)
1: plan? Kind of makes you wonder.
0: Also.
3: Also. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Did you know that the uh the guy who plays the the king zombie dude was in Cabin in the Woods? Here's the werewolf thing.
0: That doesn't surprise me. A lot of these guys that play monsters just end up playing monsters in a ton of movies. Just ask Doug Jones.
3: <laughs> Very true. What? I thought you would appreciate that. I no, you like cool. that movie.
0: I do. Um, but also. At the beginning of the movie, when the military transport's happening and all this other stuff, you never have the vehicle carrying the cargo in the front. Just throwing that out there.
3: (laughs) That is a good point.
0: Yeah. If you're in a transport that is carrying a specific piece of cargo in a military transport unit, the cargo's never in the front, cargo's in the middle. Why? Because it helps protect it. In instances like the beginning of this movie,
1: just throwing that out there also. Right. Fair point. So, you guys have any more thoughts about this movie? I'm good. Nope. Also. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers
0: Podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com or Facebook where we're Cinema Slayers Podcast or Twitter and Instagram where we are Cinema underscore Slayers. Check out our new logo. We will be having new merch at a new store and everything like that with the new logo and the old logo and everything in between with all that stuff. We will also have a very uh, merchandise-centric logo coming your way designed by the one and only Mudo Ochoa. Uh, Also, shout out to Plug PlugMigo for our theme song. And also remember, if you can, like I said, I'm just going to keep saying also, that's my code word for this whole fucking thing. Uh, If you can, give us a a rating review, especially if it's five stars, we'd really appreciate it, and it'd really help us out. Also, tell your family, tell your friends, especially tell your mothers, because mothers want to hear me talk about zombies nonstop. It's scientific fact. They've done studies on it. I mean, they were all done in in Scandinavian countries, so you might not be able to read it and understand it, but just trust me, there are (laughs) Scandinavian scientific studies that have proven 100% mothers love hearing me talk about zombies. So recommend this to your mothers. And as always, just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the Best Picture winner.
2: Slayers. Hey, Slayers. Yeah, I'm a super
0: it really is astounding how liking like two Rob Zombie movies in the past means I love Rob Zombie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You'll never stop loving him.
0: You're implying that I ever really loved the music.
2: But I will give now, you. You used it. to love, though. You would always be like, hey, I got that new Zom. You want to hear it? And you were always <laughs> so happy about him. I got that new Zom. Yes. And
0: I don't think I ever once said, hey, I've got the new Zom. <laughs> you want to listen to it? I, I think just, that's literally think... the first time I ever said that <laughs> phrase right
2: now. <laughs> Man, I got that, that, that sob joint, man. Have you heard of Justin? I'd be like, well, Sterling, I mean, I was, I was kind of busy. You'd be like, let me pop that in. You used to do that. I can't, I just, I vividly remember that.
0: All right, Justin, there was only one Rob Zombie album that came out around that time that you would be claiming this happens. If you can name that Rob Zombie album, I'll just give it to you.
2: Uh, The Super Educated Horses?
0: Oh, that's a 50-50. Because it wasn't Super Educated Horses, but it was Educated Horses.
2: (laughs) Oh, you love that one, too. Do you want to ride it? Educated Horses. I still don't really know what that's about. It's about people being beasts of burden. Mm. We're
0: just nothing more than educated horses. Mm. I do well like that, that song, though. Profound, You're not lying yeah. about that. I do like that song.
2: It's a good song. <laughs> I know, man. You be on that song, man. You be on the <laughs> Song. The thing song. is, is
0: I don't own any Rob Zombie songs or albums or anything. Like, I don't own any of that. But that is a good song. Like, But the, the funny thing is, is, I also never think about it until you bring up Rob Zombie. Because then you always bring up Educated <laughs> Horses.
2: I know. I always bring it up. I, well, I know it's in your heart, so you may not own it to play every day. But I know it's in your heart and it's in your mind. Justin,
0: and... The only time I ever hear that song is when you sing it. I have heard you sing that song more than I've ever heard Rob Zombie sing that song. As far just, as I'm concerned I, in my life, I've heard the Justin <laughs> Taylor cover of Educated Horses more than the actual song.
2: I don't know, man, it was just all the time of you throwing that zom at me, you know. I just it got stuck. It got stuck. This was your influence. This is your fault. This is it's, happening.
0: <laughs> It stuck more in you than it did for me. <laughs> there, like by that logic, you are infinitely more of a Rob Zombie fan than me.
2: Well, what can I say it Sterling, stuck you, for you? You turned me, man. You turned me. And isn't that what a zombie is supposed to do? You turn me, Sterling. Just admit it.
0: No, Justin, because you also make it sound like I was the first person or the only time you ever heard Rob Zombie was because of me. And we know
2: that's a lie pretty much. I was born and I lived all the way up until I met you. And then you were like, man, that's look, a downright do you know who Rob lie. Zom is? That's a fucking oh, that rob I got that Zom. Have <laughs> you heard of RZ? I was like, who's RZ? You went, Rob Zom! <laughs> who's Zom, bro? Rob I Zom, so badly bro? want
3: this to be a real conversation that happened.
0: <laughs> I will say this. I saw him live in 2004. It was a great show. <laughs>
2: You just, see, man? That's why you turned me, man. You turned me to Zom. That's why you did it. You went to go it. see
3: that Zom? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, man. That's my story and I'm sticking to it because well, it's better than the truth. <laughs> Your story is a lie. <laughs> it's better than the truth, though. It, might, it may be better than the truth, but it's still a lie. <laughs> I I just, I I think it's better than the truth, Sterling, and I think we're just going to have to both agree on that.
0: I already agreed to it, Justin. I already agreed it's better than the truth. I'm just (laughs) saying it's still a
2: lie. I just, I just like the, the former better than the latter of that, so I will just stick with that. It's better than the truth.
0: You just keep repeating something we agreed on. Like, I'm disagreeing with you. It's albatross versus bear all over again. You're just not even listening to the points I'm making.
2: (laughs) No, I'm not, man. This is, but you caused this. You turned me. You turned me, man. You zombed me, so to speak. Well, I guess
0: that, that means you're saying I'm an alpha zombie, so I guess I'll take it. (laughs)
1: Ha ha ha.